Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic Voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name is Kevin. I'm Mark. I'm Justin. How are you guys doing today? Much better now that we've gotten back to the status quo. It's always a good thing. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. So today we are drinking beers from Fifth Hammer Brewing Company, and they are not out of Lick, New York, which I thought might be some weird town in the middle of nowhere, but Long Island City, Yes, which is probably only about 45 miles away, but about an hour and a half by car. Yeah, I right. feel like I feel like it's definitely Sherpa level when you talk about time. Mark and I both judged National Homebrew Competition, and that's where it was held. This is when we got the beer. beer was procured. Okay, I I went in on Saturday for the whole day, and when I went in at seven in the morning, I literally never hit the brakes. Just wow! Straight all day, right in. It was like just over an hour. Nice. We went in on Sunday at you know for the afternoon session to get there around one, so we left the house at like eleven thirty, twelve ish. Yeah. And holy Christ, it was like a different planet. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that could have been there was there. So it was like an hour and a half, a little longer to get there. But The joys of Long Island traffic. Yes. But Long Island City is a, a beer mecca. There's Fifth Hammer. I think Transmitter is there, right? Yeah, Transmitter is there. Uh, Rockaway. Right. At, at least their production Rock, facility Rock, is Rock, in uh, Long Island City. I don't know if they have a tasting room up in there. You can hitch a ride to Rockaway Brewery. But uh, yes, thank you. Big yeah. Alice too, right? Uh, I'm not sure if Big Alice is Long Island City or not. I think they used to be, but I think they moved out of there. Yeah. I, I, I there think Big, Big Alice is definitely in Queens. I'm just not sure if it's Long Island City. Right. So, I mean, it's definitely worth the uh, worth the trip in. It was a good day of uh, judging and also getting to uh, have some beer there. Um, I don't think that... We didn't... You and I didn't, didn't sample... Um, no. No. I didn't yeah, have any the three beers no. that we brought back, neither one of us partook in right. while there. I can say I have never had any of these beers um and the first one that we're going to try is a crisp pilsner called amarillo pillow which comes in at six percent abv we also have an american stout stout (laughs) there's an exclamation point on the can so i have to be excited about it and a new york state grisette which i don't know what makes a new york state grisette different from other ones but it, it it's a hundred percent New York State ingredients, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> then yes, it is a New York State one. So, but we'll get into more of the details of those when we get to them. We started off with the Amarillo Pillow. Um, do either of you guys have any of the background on Fifth Hammer? Did anyone do the homework? Because I know I did not. Yeah. So Fifth Hammer is uh, was founded by Chris Kuzme and his uh, business partner David Sharfstein. Sharfstein. Bless you. Sharfstein. Sharfstein. Yes. Uh, so Kuzme is like a New York City uh, home brewing legend, I guess you could say. He okay. was the president of the New York City Home Brewers Guild for a while. He's right. worked at uh, Kelso Brewing and uh, several other breweries. Kelso makes some good stuff. I like yeah. Very good. Yes. They're the ones who do the Trader Joe's too, stuff too, right? Is that right? We did it. We had the Kelso Milk stuff. Um, they no. sell at Trader Joe's, but okay. um, a lot of the Trader Joe's variety stuff, like the um, especially their seasonals, the big you know cork can- bottles that they do, are actually made by uh, Unibrew oh, up right. in uh, yeah. Unibrow, Toronto, isn't it? Or Unibrew? I don't know. I think it's brew, but it's it's, yeah. it's French Canadian, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but I remember the. I mean, now I remember. Actually, we didn't. It was Keegan that we had. I'm, I'm very confused by, by the letter K, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. But uh, so Chris Kuzme and his wife, Mary Izette, also do the Ferment About It podcast. Okay. Awesome. So, you know, he, as far as uh, beer making chops, he has an extensive resume. Yeah, nothing you can uh, argue about there. So Fifth Hammer opened in, uh, I think it was October of 2017, after, you know, everything was crossed and dotted. Oh, so they're brand- they're new. Yeah, they're, they're very new. Um, prior to Fifth Hammer opening, um, him, uh, Chris and his wife Mary were uh, gypsy brewing as uh, Cousette Libations, I believe, Interesting. was the company huh. name. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. And uh, they they've got a fifteen barrel brew house, and they churn out a wide variety of styles. So yeah, there, the board there is is eclectic to say the least. It uh, I I judged Homebrew Alley there, and then NHC, and there were definitely some consistent ones, but it, it changed fairly frequently. There were like there were two saisons. There was an Imperial Porter, this um, Emerald Pillow, the Grisette. Uh, a stout. They they basically the Belgian had dark strong. Yeah, Ooh. Belgian. Yeah, that was good. Tenor tenor gladness. That was pretty good. Um, there were a, a bunch of really great ones. Awesome. Um, Iron Lotus was the Imperial Porter. I was trying to remember that yeah, name. Yeah, that, that, is, we sat that is down. a good name. That that was gone uh, on Sunday, so I didn't get to sample that. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I was looking forward to having more of that. <laughs> that's a that's a good name. So I just I, like that name. The going back to the the name of the brewery, Fifth Hammer. It's apparently it's a reference to uh, the myth of Pythagoras when he discovered the you know Pythagorean theorem. A square apparently plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah, apparently he math. apparently he ended up in a blacksmith shop at some point in time, and you know floor hammers were there were five smiths hammering. Okay, and four of them were basically producing the same tone but the fifth hammer was like dissonant from the other four and stood out and apparently that's where the name comes from i am not familiar with it i'm not i don't think i've ever heard that story before yeah i'm not familiar with it so i can't say if it holds water but that's what i read in several places all that's running through my head is i remember seeing this thing on one of the like a discovery show discovery channel show or something like that that um in ancient china they had set up a water wheel to basically a tree that had a bunch of that had a bunch of that they left some of the branches on so that when the water wheel spun the the whole tree with the branches it would hit levers that basically worked like hammers so it was almost like a like a piano hammers but they were using them to make swords uh-huh. so you had a water powered power hammer in ancient china in order to make swords, like to mass manufacture weapons, huh? Like that's insane to me. Like, that is pretty amazing. Um, I if you guys, I hope you can all picture what I'm kind of laying out there. It's a it's a tree trunk with a bunch of limbs still sticking out of it that almost acts like a um, like a music box. So if you ever seen a music box, how it has the cylinder with the nubs on it and it spins and it hits the little layers, kind of like that. But it would hit arms that would trigger hammers. That would strike the steel. That would hammer it into shape. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. Um, it's a hell of a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, kind of. But um, thankfully, beer is not nearly as complicated. <laughs> um, 
And so this first one we have the is a crisp Pilsner. Um, Mark, do you have any other details about the uh, the Pilsner itself, other than being six percent ABV? Yeah, I can give you their flavor text. It is okay. a uh, smooth lager that is lightly dry hop with Amarillo, which adds a uh, soft citrus and floral notes to a classic style Pilsner. Yeah, from the aromas, the big thing I get is a, a hint of citrus and some and definite floral notes. Yeah, it's definitely apparent in the aroma. And it is a very crisp Pilsner to boot. Yes, I, I would definitely identify it as Amarillo right away. It is, uh, you know, definitely light straw in color and also beautifully clear. Yeah, it's very clear. Dropped out nice and clear for them. Um, yeah, crisp, clean, fruity. The um, it's really it's really tasty. Yeah, it's um. It's interesting to me when there's one hop in a beer, mm-hmm. and especially with a um, I'm going to call a simpler style like a pilsner, you get um, you get to really showcase what what that uh, what that hop does, and right. it's, it's for a single hop beer. It's also they kept it pretty close to style for a pilsner. It's not like they didn't didn't overdo the hopping. No, it, it's 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 a solid pilsner that they dry hop with Amarillo. Yeah. There's, um, you know, there's not a lot of um, malt character in it. It's pretty straightforward. Like it's clean. It's pretty clear and clean in that sense. You know, sometimes with the, um, I guess I'm probably thinking back to earlier today when we recorded the episode from Brickhouse with the um, with the, the streetlight and the yeah. yeah and the ESB that had a little bit more of that um, that biscuit character. In there to just provide a little bit of um, of malt character. This one I'm not getting a, a malt character to it, but it's no. But it just it just has cr- a clean sweetness. But I think crisp is the perfect word for it. Um, serve this guy ice cold, tall ice feet. cold, ice cold in a tall frosty mug, and man, it's gonna be good. I I don't want to meet your daddy. What is that from? Really, S- something in your cabinet? outcast. What? Outcast? Oh no. Hey. How did how did you get a rap song that I didn't know? Uh, you know, he I gotta bring it's, it's hey yeah, it's it's, it's, not, it's really it's, not a rap song. Yeah. Alright, okay. Yeah, I don't know the I don't know the lyrics to that. I Andre three thousand. If I listen to that song, usually I'm relatively shit faced and not paying attention to the words at all, other than hey ya. Yeah. <laughs> um Mark didn't know who Craig Mack was. I don't know who Craig Mack is. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why should I know who Craig K- Mack is? Kicking mad flavor in your ear? He's fucking dead. He just died. No, I don't know. Oh, my God. Is. Shit. This backfired. <laughs> Sorry. <dude. laughs> Fuck, you couldn't at least back me up a little? You could have been like, oh, I can't believe he didn't know who he was. I have no idea who he is. Vindication. Holy shit. Sorry. Oh, my God. What was, what group was he part of? He's just Craig Mack. He nope. was fucking old school hip hop. Oh, my God. No, nope, not me, man. Sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, bro. Even Amy knew who this was. Really? Yes. Wow. Although Amy listens to K-pop, so I don't know that we can really like roll with that. But I don't know if we can trust her music <laughs> interest in anything now. <laughs> Do you listen to K-pop too? No. Okay, no. just checking. All right, excellent. Um, I all right. Know, anyway, I question more of what I. As know a general about. rule, I don't listen to music that I don't speak the language of, <laughs> of, of which the lyrics are yeah, written. We're, we're, for the listeners, we're in Hibachi last night for Amy Mark's wife's birthday, and I didn't even hear the music that was happening, probably because it was at a decibel level that was so low I couldn't hear it, but she goes, oh, I know this K-pop band, and I was like, oh my god. 
Anyway, um, now that spend a lot of time on YouTube. Yes. Now that uh, now that I'm the only person who knows who Craig Mack is, and I've made a relative fool of myself for the uh, millionth time of my life. There'll be a million more. Um, I enjoy the Amarillo pillow, Amarillo pillow quite a bit, considering that it's not a style um, that I would normally go to. Um, I'll kick the ratings off, and it's going to be a, a really, really solid bomber. I love how it showcases a, a really good citrusy floral flavor, um, and also with a, a very clean, crisp beer. For me, I'd say it would probably be a... I think most days it would be a pint, but it's... I'm gonna put it in like with all the other pilsner, most of the other pilsners. It falls into my favorite phrase of, you know, lawnmower slash barbecue beer. You know, hang out when it's hot, drink this. It's refreshing enough to, to keep drinking and light enough to keep drinking that you could hang out and have this with barbecues. You know, outside in the backyard all day. No, I agree with you. I'm I'm gonna stay, call it a pine as well. Uh, I honestly, if without the dry hopping. I think I would rate this higher. I could understand that. Um, I like the dry hop addition to give it the to give it the intri- to give it some kind of character or flavor. I think without the dry hopping, it'd be a little too bland. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I also feel like without the strong Amarillo character, right? I would more easily be able to drink more of it. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I think that's a really fair assessment. Um, I think it's just that dry hop that adds the most notable character to it. So I would hate for that to go away is all is, is what I'm going with. Yeah, I, with the dry hopping, I know that, you know, pilsners aren't typically dry hopped, right, Mark? You know a little more about no, that. No, they right. right. And I think that that's the part that I'm enjoying um, is that you're still getting the crispness that I remember from Pilsners, but you're also getting a, a tad bit more character from the hops, which, I mean, again, style-wise, is probably not on point, but for me, makes it more enjoyable. And Amarillo is one of the hops that I'm starting to learn that I, I like the flavor of in a, in, a, in a dry hop. Yeah, I think Amarillo pops up a lot. It seems to be pretty common in a lot of beers. And I don't know if it's just that it's more accessible than others or that it is just um, a fairly pleasing... You know, a mass, pleasing to the masses, hop. Um, right. I'm not sure which one it is. I'd be interested I mean, to kind of see, yeah. to get some of the, um, to get some brewers' perspective on that. I'd like to kind of, you know, see what their thoughts on it. But um, it does make me really intrigued to try the rest of what Fifth Hammer has, because I like this part to start with. It's extremely well done beer. Well, why don't you crack open the one mash, two smash? This is uh, a grisette, and uh, while this is happening, um, I think I remember, but I think Mark would remember better than I could. What exactly is a grisette? Um, it's uh, along the lines of a saison, right? Like a young saison or something? It's it, a young something. It's the cousin of a saison. It's basically a saisons are generally intended to be sat on for a while before they're drank, where grisettes are brewed with the intention of drinking them young. I'm proud of myself. That's what I would have said, but I I wasn't like confident enough. Mark uh, Mark killed it. Um, wow, it's, very, it's pretty light. Um, I think I could swear the last grisette I had was on a little was on the darker side of things. Maybe that was a kind of a specialty grisette. Well, the last grisette that we had was from Mad Fritz. So yeah, right. Good point. If they could have done anything to that, yeah. Which I'm I think pretty- that one had honey in it too, didn't it? Uh. 
I don't remember if that was the Grisette or not, but it definitely had spent time in wine barrels and other things. Right. So. It's a really nice um, dark gold color. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. Um, you guys need to take a smell of this. Yeah. I've, been, I've been swirling it around because it's had Lord. some nice legs hanging onto the side of the glass. Oh. It, it, the, the nose is pretty amazing. That is good. A really nice. Uh, it's like I, I, the words that come to mind are complex sweetness. I feel like it's a it's sweet is the main main smell I get, but also the I don't the different uh, types and and possible uh, um, causes of the sweetness are pretty amazing. I also get uh, a fairly strong uh, peppery phenolic character from mm. the, the yeast used to ferment this. Yeah, I get I get the yeastiness in there. Um, there's some sweet. It's not really overwhelming to me in the beginning, but um, I definitely want to try it now. <laughs> the peppery notes follow through in, yeah, in the flavor it, for sure. It, it tastes like black black pepper and bubblegum. Yep. that's pr- Yeah, the second part I was trying to identify, bubblegum is definitely it. Yeah, it, it's definitely got the, um, the bubblegum flavor from the yeast in there. Um, and the... Pepper, I didn't pick up in the beginning, but it actually kind of sits on the tip of my tongue a little bit and makes it a little spicy after the sip has been gone. Like, it's kind of interesting. It's really all the way out at the very tip of my tongue. <laughs> it's really, it's it's kind of confusing me a little bit. I really enjoy this. This is this is um, the type of beer that I can drink a lot of. I can sit here and drink and drink it. And like you had said, like, think about the different parts of my tongue and how it's interacting with the beer. Yeah. Um. The body on it is a little thin feeling to me. Um, I don't know if that's just style particular or um, or anything else about it, but um, maybe I just got crazy swirling it and kind of got rid of all the bubbles to it. But the uh, it just feels a little bit like a flattened version of what I think I might like, but that might just be me that this is episode three. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the... the... Um, saisons in general are probably going to be lower on the mouthfeel because it's an aggressive yeast, right? Um, but um, I kind of have—I don't know if that it's the carbonation or if it's just um, the way it's interacting with my tongue. But I get—I get a, a kind of a lively feeling when I drink it. It's definitely not highly carbonated. I think that could definitely be more of the peppery notes hitting my tongue. So this, it's five and a half percent alcohol, and their flavor text. This is a collaboration with uh, Kelly Taylor, who apparently still works at Kelso. And it's brewed with 100% New York State grown malt and hops. And okay. it's awesome. Uh, they say this farm ale is fruity with notes of ripe persimmon, nectarine, soft citrus, and marshmallow. I have never had a persimmon. I have. Um, I don't like them. What the hell is a persimmon? I know that it's a fruit, right? But like, yeah. explain. I, I, I'm sorry, I should have explained. I should have said that so I didn't sound like so much of an asshole. But I know that it's a fruit. But like, what family is it in? Like, what is it like? It, 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 the texture is kind of like pudding, and it is mildly citrus in flavor. And wow. it, it's a north. It is uh well. I mean, there's Asian varieties as well, but there are native North American persimmons. Interesting. The pudding part to me would probably ruin everything. Yeah, the, the texture. I'm, I'm like, really confused I, by what fr- uh, fruit tasting like pudding is what really. The, the texture is like pudding. Yeah, no, no I'm like, really I, confused by that. Like, I don't know how to explain. Like, I can't imagine what that would taste like in my head. Yeah. Well, like, all I can think of is dirty. I, I, I tried them. <laughs> I 
Because I was like, oh man, like there's local, like this Why, is, is it something... like slimy in this? Or... Yeah, it's it, like I was like, oh man, I could grow these on my property. Uh, and last year I bought a couple because I was like, I want to try them and see what they're like, see if yeah. I like them. I don't like them. <laughs> well, I, re- yeah. I remember seeing them in your on your counter and oh, being yeah, like, yeah. oh, you have persimmons. What are you gonna do with these? Uh, like I'm gonna throw them out. <laughs> it's recon. Um, All right, that, that's yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I mean, do you? Would you, being that you, I think you know, would it know what it more would it taste like than I do? Does did you get persimmon? Yeah, know? I would say persimmon is a pretty, like strong or you know spot on description. It, it's basically like lightly citrus. Gotcha. Is a uh, flavor wise, like getting beyond the texture of them. They are lightly citrus. And I just flavor. remember they looked like tiny little heart-shaped peppers, like orange peppers. Yeah, I guess you'd call them pepper-ish. Like shape. I'm, I'm talking yeah. shape-wise. Yeah, That's yeah. all I'm talking about. Yeah, that, no. Uh, you know, like tiny little orange, almost like a heart shape of like like a miniature bell pepper. Like I think if you didn't, if you took the, the leaves off it, like I would have been like, I don't know what that is. Um... It's interesting. I like the I like the little peppery bite that you get with it. The bubblegum, or I guess they're calling it marshmallow, um, flavor is present there. Um, I find it pleasing, but I don't know if it's intriguing enough that it wants makes me want to keep drinking more and more of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I could get behind that. I definitely think that the this is a a divisive type flavor like this is when you talk about beer and the average beer drinker i think this is about as far away from your average beer drinker as you can get so it's definitely a style that i think you're gonna like or you're not gonna like okay i get that but i get what you're saying on that one but yeah i mean i don't mean that mean to say that like if you don't like it you're not a craft beer nerd or anything it's more just this it's bubble gum and pepper like in a beer like yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's an out there thing i i personally love it but I can. I think that if you were to serve this to ten random people, if you found two people or maybe three people that really liked it, yeah, like I think that's where it would fall. Hmm. I can understand that assessment with it. Um, for me, I like it, but not enough that I want to keep drinking it. So it's going to be a pint for me. Um, just because I'm I'm glad to have tasted it. Pardon me. Um, it's interesting, but. I don't find it so pleasing that I want to go for more than the pint of it. I'd be really happy to get this in a, in a flight, though. Yeah. Uh, to be able to try this and be like, oh, that's cool. I'd like that. Moving on. <laughs> um, I would probably say I'm on the... If, the, if there's a, such a thing, the lower end of a bomber. Like, right. I want more than one, but I think at two, my palate would be slightly fatigued. By the end of the second one, you'd be like, all right, I'm good. So you want an Imperial pint. Yes, I do. But I'm going to be good to myself and allow copy and paste to still occur. I'm going to say bomber. But but what you're saying is by the end of the second one, you might have to push yourself to finish that second one. Like the last quarter, half to quarter of the second one, I might just like throw back. Yeah. Be like, all right, time to move on. But I think that anybody who is even marginally interested in, um, you know, expanding their palate, that this would be probably at the very top of the list of the the type of beer to drink. I'm going to side with Kevin. As far as the pint goes on this one, it is it's a very interesting beer. 
but it's not something that I want to drink a lot of. And I'm going to finish the pint and then I'm going to order something else off the board. And, and eat more beer mustard. Not beer mustard, well, I mean, more of the honey yeah. mustard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More of the fox's mustard. Yes. I will say, on this one, we have finally reached the flavor that I think does not work with this. Um, <laughs> so you mean that bubble cup doesn't work with balsamic vinaigrette? No yeah, way. exactly. <laughs> balsamic and garlic, and garlic doesn't mustard. seem to pair. Yeah, it doesn't seem to pair well with uh, with bubble gum and pepper. Who knew? Um, but I'll throw back the end of this. The last one we have is called Schedule Forty, and it's an American stout. Stout. There's an exclamation point on the can. It has to be said that way. So please, I apologize to your eardrums for that. <laughs> yeah, it's required by like state and federal law that we do that. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Um, and it comes in at 5.6% ABV, so that's uh, that's not bad. No. While you're pouring that, I can, you know, we mentioned like the uh, the Belgian Dark Strong, the Tenor Gladness, that was a really good beer, and the Iron Lotus. There, How many beers were on there? How many board, like, beers did they have? How many taps did they have? They had, I would say, what, 16? Least, I was going to say at least 12. Yeah, because I feel like there was eight. Uh, there was a two-sided board, and there was eight like eight to ten on each side, somewhere in that range. It could be 12, could be somewhere in that range. And there were vastly different styles. There was another, um, there was a lemongrass um, saison. There was a saison with chamomile tea in it as well. Yeah, and they had the, uh, what, uh, I think it was New England IPA or was yes. Session IPA, the Troublesome Jellyfish. Yeah, that was one of the best the names. What of Jellyfish? Troublesome. Yeah. Troublesome. You see, when I saw Troublesome Jellyfish, I'm like, because I'm always looking for a beer with a pepper in it, I, I had thought there could possibly be, be a pepper in that just because jellyfish sting you. There, okay. was, there I, wasn't. I, but, see what you're yeah. think, I see what you're thinking there. Yeah, there wasn't, but um, I didn't get to try it, but I do know several of the other judges that were there drank that and said right. that it was, it was very enjoyable uh, New England IPA. Every time I I still love Iron Lotus. I think that's a fantastic name, and I'm not sure if it's a weird Asian sex act or it's a uh, or it's the na- or it's the nickname for an uh, usually you know, for an pay old extra Asian for that kind of action cotton is yeah. where I'm going with that. Right, that is. I mean, call her Iron Lotus. You must be careful. <laughs> not that I've had a lot of Fifth Hammer beers. I've oh, had, I thought you were going to yeah. say a lot of old Asian prostitutes. No, <laughs> no I'm uh, think You don't frequent, uh, frequent uh, Mishlash Parlors in Ronkonkoma? <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> Ronkonkoma, I don't think, they think that, that you know, that's pretty much a ubiquitous thing. But um, anyway, no, I don't for the record. Uh, however, because um, I, I feel like... At least one a week is rated in Ronkonkoma. And old Asian women are busted for prostitution. Well, they closed the one in Center Reach, so, yeah. It sounds like the two you know far more about this than I do. So I don't know why looking I at watch me. News 12. I don't know yeah, what yeah. you're doing. Right, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Those feet, those feet don't look like they massage themselves there, Mark. Listen, um, nobody touches these feet. The, boot are he- the boots are heavy, okay? Listen, don't judge. So what I was getting at was I haven't had a lot of Fifth Hammer beers. However, I've had a lot of Iron Lotus because that's pretty much exclusively what I drank during Home Rally because I loved it. And also, um, I was able to have one on Saturday. And mm. I was bummed when it was off the board when Mark and I went to order because I really wanted to have it. It was an Imperial Porter, which is interesting. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, that came in at like 10.6%. Just as like the range of what they're doing, like an Imperial Porter out to a Grisette, to a Saison. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that, that's a, and that's, that Pilsner too. is right. like They're really far. That's both ends of the spectrum. That really is. Like they're hitting all, all spots. So uh, Chris was the, uh, like the regional uh, 
coordinator? Judge coordinator, I think. Was yeah. he, no, was Andrew the, was the judge coordinator. Yeah. Okay. Was he the assistant to the regional? No, he like so like he he as far as the NHC goes, Chris was ranked above Andrew as far as like he was coordinating the competition essentially. Right. I don't remember the exact title, but did he have a clipboard? Because that makes several because that makes him a supervisor. There are clipboards everywhere, but uh, and and his his wife Mary was judging in the the same flight that I was impressed upon the judge. Okay, showing up expecting the steward and uh, and yeah. uh, Andrew was like, "Oh, Mark, great, you're judging." And I was like, uh, "Hence, Mark dropping a deuce in his pants." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, because I didn't want to volunteer myself to judge for the first judge my first competition on the national level. Fair enough. I can understand how you don't want to jump right into national events, but you know, you do what you do, man. Yeah, I mean, it worked out. But you can was, swim in the deep end. You're a big boy. But I, it was, it was just fun because I, you know, some somebody else that was there that day was talking to Mary, and Mary was talking about, oh yeah, this is our fun tank. Like she kept referring oh, to yeah. the fun tank, which is a six barrel tank <laughs> where they do like some where they do most of their like more off the wall like oddball sort of additions right because it's a little smaller one and right so like they like okay we made you know 15 barrels of schedule 40 and then we put six in the in the fun tank and then added something to it okay i like that plan though yeah Yeah. i I just like the the way that you know it's it's the fun tank is how it's referred to and uh right now like i know we love barrel beers Iron Lotus. They have a barrel with Iron Lotus, and they have a barrel uh, aged Berliner going on right now. Barrel aged Berliner. Yeah, and I know the second that I said uh, they had Iron Lotus in a barrel, uh, Kevin immediately thought of an old Asian prostitute stuck in a barrel. So, <laughs> listen, however you get them to the here, yeah. whatever you know. <laughs> All right, so American I was trying Sky- to think of a good joke to make yeah. for it, but like you just. Cut my knees right out from laying down that one. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just saw the wheels turning, and I'm like, I know what he's thinking of. <laughs> so um, schedule forty. I don't remember if it was said or not, but it's five percent, five point six percent alcohol, and their flavor text is. <coughs> pardon. Off. This dark beer is roasty with notes of cocoa powder, smoke, and mint. And the name. Not an IRS form, but the most popular thickness of industrial pipe is what all of our table business bases and bathroom toilet paper stands are made from. So sexy. I like that they add the fact that it's the toilet paper <laughs> dispensers yeah. that are made from it also. All right. I love the fact that there was mint in that um, description because I probably wouldn't have picked up on it in the flavor if, if it hadn't been there. I would have just thought that it was possibly some, uh, some bitterness. I'm not getting a whole lot. Like just no. going into the nose, like I'm not getting a whole lot in the nose. To be honest, like no, it's it's not there in the nose. But no, no, no. no. Like I don't really get a whole lot of anything. Oh, I just I, I get a, I get a, me, I get a moderate amount of roast. I would not say it's a it's a is a aroma filled beer. I yeah I I would say yeah, it's I get a low sh- amount of roast and that's about it in the aroma. Yeah, but nothing like really hits me. In, no, I mean there's a thin little film of of head on top, but nothing that's and it's hanging onto the side of the glass well, but. Nothing that's really standing out, even when I poured it. What I'm liking about this is, again, this is the theme of uh, the recording session today is American. The Fuck yeah. This isn't America. Fuck yeah. Fuck <laughs> Matt. That's an American. Avenger, get Birdman coffee. <laughs> Matt Damon. Um, so anyway, now that we're done with making uh, Team America references and, uh, and Rick and Morty. Um, we, really? uh, I was going Birdman. 
What, what's that? I was going Birdman. Yeah, Birdman's a character on Rick and Morty. Not that Birdman. Okay. Different Birdman? Wrong Birdman. Okay. The Hanna-Barbera Birdman? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't go there. It's Avenger, funny. get Birdman going. Ah! Avenger, my PDA. <laughs> I, I can't say that he I'm as He was a big character on, Sp- on uh, Space Coast, Coast to Coast. Okay. Yeah, that's why I don't know it. I, I didn't uh, I didn't frequent that. Along with Brack. Well, <laughs> so Harvey Birdman, Attorney of Law, classic Adult Swim cartoon. No. Stephen Colbert voiced uh, Falcon on that show before he got his own late night show. I'm familiar with it. I'm just not as familiar. Clearly not as familiar with it as you are. <laughs> that, I'm, that, that's one of my all-time favorites is Harvey Birdman, Attorney of Law. Okay. And it's like, Birdman, I need your trust. Slavish even. Stand there. Not there, there. And the joke was he only, you know, Fal- Falcon has only one eye. So his depth perception and whatnot is off. Okay. He's like commanding Birdman to stand next to this open window in a high-rise building and do a trust fall. <laughs> and there's nothing behind him. So <laughs> That's what, the joke. See, the thing get for it? Me, the thing get for, it? I do get it. But the thing for me that... that Adult Swim, that epitomizes Did you Adult get that swim. thing I yeah. sent you? You had to... Adult Swim, if you weren't paying attention to every single part of it, it, it couldn't be funny. Like, yeah. the, the detail that you had to pay attention to, <laughs> especially for it being like two in the morning when the shit airs. I own at least season one of that show. Well, because you had to remember that it was... It, to me, it feels like it was completely geared towards just a bunch of stone guys that were hanging out, uh, that you were up all night. You were like, fuck, man. Blazed out of my Yeah, well, Aqua Teen out. Hunger Force, like, for the win there. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> yeah, some stone Aqua motherfuckers, like, let me, let, me, let me draw a bunch of fast food shit. Yeah, <laughs> what about Meatball Talk, man? Oh. The Meatball, my hero's talking to me, bro. Meatwad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's a meatball. Yes. Yes. All right. So back to beer. Back to Schedule 40. To recap for listeners who bl- who blacked out during our fucking uh, our adult, adult swim uh, caca session there. We, uh, back in my day. <laughs> schedule four, schedule, <laughs> schedule look, 40. Juice. Holy shit. Schedule 40 had low to moderate. Oh, roast, Jamaica roast, chicken? Roast aroma. No. <laughs> How many times can we derail Justin? Is really the name of this game right now. He is legend. And we've lost him. We've lost him. He's gone. He's gone. He's oh. done. Arise, chicken. Oh. This beer is too good to do this to. Arise. <laughs> Alright, now that no one's listening. Okay. Except for so, Greg. Greg, you're still here. I know you are. Um, Jack. So Yeah. The Schedule 40 is a really tasty beer. And you have some more details about the beer itself. So lay it on us. Right. So what I wanted to say was that with an American stout, I'm always looking for there to be so so much hops in here. They take a stout that I love and destroy it. (laughs) And that didn't happen. Right. So I'm impressed with how I definitely think there is a hop bitterness to this. There is. And, and I'm wondering if you know what the hop is. Do either of you guys have it up no. on your computers or what it is? No. Because I'd be interested to know what it is because I think it does stand up to the rest of the stout well. Definitely. I think whatever stout. whatever 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 it is, they probably didn't use a super, super late edition because I'm not getting a particular hop flavor. More mm-hmm. just the, that, that bitter, it, it, bitter backbone. Yeah, it's a very assertive bitterness though. Right. And I think it matches up well with the rest of it. I, I definitely, on the flavor side of things, get either – the impression of mint, or maybe it's that bitter finish that's making me think of mint. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not it definitely has, uh, on my palate, it definitely kind of mimics the way mint does. 
a little bit. The only kind of mint that I'm getting is maybe the slightest feeling of a coolness in the back of the That's sip. That's it. Yes. It's almost, and again, because it's been a whole episode and we haven't mentioned the fact that Justin doesn't drink coffee, is <laughs> when you brush your teeth. I know Mark doesn't use mint toothpaste because he nope. doesn't like mint. He uses cinnamon. That's fucking right. communist. All right. But if you use mint toothpaste. <laughs> I fucking didn't know that. Yes, I knew you didn't like mint, but I didn't know you used cinnamon. You, you, I don't. He's mentioned it like twelve. Ke- times. Kevin has definitely brought this up yeah. at least six so, times. Besides that, besides eighty-three that, episodes. But seriously, if you, it's if you have your cup of coffee in the morning, or whatever you have the first thing in the morning after you've brushed your teeth, and you get that kind of cool minty feeling at the end of that coolness. At the end of your breath, at the end of your inhalation, whatever it may be, or the end of the bite, that's the only mint that I would get out of it. I wouldn't say it would be that forward biting mint or the even the spearmint, like that strong spearmint flavor no, that you would get from that's gum. That's definitely not that. But it's really the to me, it's the mint that you get of you're having something after you chewed a piece of mint gum or after you brushed your teeth or something like that. Right. It's the, the cooling sensation is, is, is definitely it. And I think, I think it, yeah. and I think that, um, it's that a cooling bitterness is essentially how I would, how I would put it. And it's when I swallow that, that I feel that way. Right. Yeah. Um, Hey now, which on that side, I think I might, I think <laughs> I might plant, coming. I think I might, uh, <laughs> plant some mint this year. Yeah. Yeah. Not because of anything. Are, are you going to put it in container? Um, no, I have in a, um, a kind of useless bed that I don't grow anything in ever. Because, because if you put mint in the ground, you're like, and it's not contained, your yard is going to be mint in three years. Yeah. Well, if it's, it a, replaced, it's a beastly plant. I, I realize that. And I have this kind of corner bed that is kind of useless for everything else. And it's just growing those purple dickweeds that grow up all over Long Island. Yes. Um, I'm hoping to I'm hoping to replace the purple dickweeds with mint. That's basically what I'm getting at. I can't say I know what a purple dickweed looks like. You don't know the ones I'm talking about? No. You you know the things. I do. They, I don't know. I, I know the purple weeds he's talking about. The dickweed portion of it is just. I don't. I don't know the reference there, but no, I do it, know the it's purple flowered weed. It's this purple flowered weed that yeah. kind of has a fairly phallic flower on the top of it. That's kind of dick shaped. I I don't I, maybe da- it's, I don't doubt you. I just cannot conjure the image in my mind. I I don't know. How I to, mean, I, I can't look it up because if you I can Google try googling purple, purple dickweed dick flower and see purple what happens. Dick weed, I have no idea what comes up, and I'm gonna let that be on your guys' browser, not on mine. Yeah, well, I'm using your network, buddy. <laughs> it's, it's all good. <laughs> all right. Someone, someone somewhere is like, there's two computers simultaneously Googling purple dickweed. <laughs> well, hold on. Okay. So, I don't know about you. This will be an interesting thing. The very first result for purple dickweed, all three words. Is safe serve John or off? Is a, marijuana, is a marijuana strain called purple donkey dick. No, that's not. Oh, see, I I'm, put I, I put dickweed as a single word. Okay. And my first result is uh, urban dictionary. Okay. I'm going to say that's so not... For dickweed mean. syndrome, and dickweed syndrome is a catastrophic STD. It causes major <laughs> fungi, fungi infection on the knob of your dick. So After the ninth day of infection, oh. the knob begins to grow marijuana leaves. <laughs> the, these leaves can be a major high. 
it makes you see purple unicorns and giant green penises where the horns should be. So the first one, two, three, four, five um, results yeah. are all marijuana strains. Okay. And then the sixth one is the exact one that he just read, which I believe is a result of the first five mar- gotcha. marijuana strain, uh, someone smoking the first five. Well, I will say that I'm 99% certain that... The weed that's growing in my front yard is not a smokable weed, but if it is, I'm gonna piss that I tried to kill it off. Okay, because I could have made a little extra cash on that one. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Besides the point. This beer, Schedule Forty, is really intriguing. You get this stout flavor. You have a little bit of roast to it, but not an overwhelming amount of roast. And the mint flavor is kind of. To me, what could be viewed as refreshing by some is kind of turning me off. Um, I get how some people could have this as a coffee, as a as a roasty beer, and say they really like that neck, and they see that feel that as a cleaning sensation. I don't feel that. To me, it turns me off about it, and it kind of makes it a little bit. It. it I'm just, I have that impression of like, I just brushed my teeth in my head and I can't get rid of that right now. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll be on the side of refreshing, um, the opposite end of the spectrum. I, um, it's an interesting beer because it's, it does have an assertive, um, bitterness to it, but that, that coolness at the end kind of refreshes my palate and allows me to drink more of it. Right. Um, that being said, it, it's still very bitter. So, from a rating perspective, I'm probably going to sit at a bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the two of them, very similar to the the grisette uh, before this, I think two of them would probably fatigue my palate, but would be enjoyable throughout yeah. the whole two. And once I went on to something else, it's very possible that I would go back and have another one. I will say, to me, it's it's lighter than a lot than a lot of stouts that I come across. It has that. It does have that cleaner sensation, but for me, it's just going to be a pint that something about that kind of that mint feeling in the back is turning me off. And that's probably just a me thing, not an everybody thing. But for me, it's just not going to do it. So a pint I'm sticking with. As not a fan of mint, I have to agree with Kevin that it's going to be a pint. The mint like quality on the finish is definitely noticeable but not enough to make it important to me on a principle but as a general experience it's definitely not something that i want to drink more than a glass of yeah i it's just it's just not gonna i think it's really interesting and the the way they got that flavor is really intriguing to me it's just not my thing for this one and i'm a little bummed because i like the other one i and I feel like I've kind of hit that same note with all three of the the fifth time of beers we had today that I like them they're intriguing but it's not driving me to drink more of them it's not saying hey I want to drink as many of these as possible it's more of oh cool that was a really interesting experience let me move on to the next one and see if it's also a really interesting experience rather than trying to say this one's amazing and I just want to keep drinking it yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the board they have and, and the number of beers they have is very conducive to that. 
in terms of wanting to try another one and wanting to try another try one. something different yeah. try something different. and that's how i am when i go i kind of want to have even if i lo- love something like you know in our uh the brick house episode that uh from a couple weeks ago we had um you know we talked about the nitro boomstat how i mean yeah all three of us could drink that at any given moment we could drink five of them yeah but when i'm there i'm always you know my personality is i'm trying to try mm-hmm. multiple mm-hmm. multiple ones so right it definitely spoke to my beer ocd the uh the fifth hammer experience and i'd say the, more add than ocd oh yeah add rather yeah exactly third fucking episode always gets me so um i'm here for you brother yes the, especially when two was imperial stout yes the um the tasting room itself is really cool yeah uh the decor is nice um yes they have uh pipe uh toilet paper holders and uh base uh, table bases as they uh, mentioned earlier schedule 40 everywhere All everywhere right. Um, and I, actually, every time I've been there, I've had an intriguing experience. When I was there for um, home rally judging, mm-hmm. we were there late um, to see how Best in Show went and everything. And um, there was a uh, an older woman there, uh, a grandma, if you will, right, who was giving me shots of shots of Jameson from her coat. Um, was she the Iron Lotus? Maybe she was the Iron <laughs> Lotus. I just, she definitely wasn't Asian. Okay, so she didn't fit the full characteristic, but. You know that was fun. They, these some people said, "Hey, do you want to sit down?" And you know, a bunch of guys from LIBME were there, and you yeah. know, we're very friendly. So, sure, please sit down. And uh, she didn't particularly enjoy beer herself, but she uh, she brought her uh, BYO BYOJ, <laughs> brought her own Jameson, and there you uh, go. she shared. It was nice. And then this, you know, there's always dogs there. <laughs> there's always at least four dogs okay. at, at the brewery, which is always fun to have them run around. And, uh, there you you know, go. I, I would say at least every twenty minutes. During judging last week, uh, there was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you need some puppers to break up the, uh, you know, to break up yeah. the monotony. So yeah, I bring that up because it's a, it was a, it's a fun place, and it's definitely happening on yeah. like Thursdays and Friday nights, and it, it, the crowd seems very, uh, very relaxed. A lot of people talking to each other, and, and just friendly people in general. Cool, it's a great time. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm, am, I am envious of you guys that I. That you got to be out there a couple days, and I have not got a chance to be out there yet. Um, Long Island City, I know, has a lot of breweries, and it's one of those areas that I want to go and just and just wander. But around. it's also one of those areas that you never want to go to. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the the it's the double edged swords there. But I would like to just go and hit the breweries in the neck of the woods and. And it's time for me to make the trek into Queens and start checking out some of the breweries there because I have not. We've we've checked off ninety nine percent of them in Suffolk County. I think we've checked out all of them in Nassau County. Um, so it's time to make the the trek to the next county. Queens yeah, well, County, here we come. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the thing with Long Island City is though the like it. It's the area of Queens that's closer to Manhattan than Brooklyn is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's that cor- it's that weird little corner that's more northwest than anything else. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we'll have to make we'll make our way out there soon. We'll uh, do a, a drunken train trip yeah. of some sort. I know my brother in uh, my brother lives in Sunnyside, and he's been yelling at me, go like, "Dude, come out here. We'll go to the breweries. We'll go around. Don't matter. It's not that far. We'll just go to all of them." I'm like, "All right, man. Let's just... well, we'll see if we can make it happen." There you go. All right, um, you guys. Any last thoughts on Fifth Hammer? No, I think uh, I think we we covered the bases. Go check them out. All right, Mark, you? No, I got nothing else. All right, well, cheers, everybody. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. 
The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.